Hi, everyone. This is Too Young to Be Old podcast with me, your host, Diane Gilman. Each week, my guests and I will share insights, advice, and more than a few laughs to empower and inspire women over the age of 50 who really need to embrace the aging process. We want to encourage you to pursue your passions and dreams no matter what decade you're living. Too Young to Be Old podcast is intended to educate, empower, and foster connection with our community. Please note that this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or care. So with that said, let's settle in, get comfortable, and let's get started. Hello, it's Diane Gilman, the Queen of Jeans from QBC HSN, but now with our podcast, Too Young to Be Old, we have got a fantastic guest. So but I want to ask you a question. Do you feel invisible, underrated, ignored, forgotten, or irrelevant? Because we have got the perfect guest this week, Susan Feldman. Not only the founder of One King's Lane and really a pioneer and a retail innovator, but also in the groove, which is her statement for paving the way to modern aging. Susan, I am so excited to have you today. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. You and I were so parallel in that we both had a retail light bulb moment that really changed our lives and changed the lives of a lot of our um, audience in our 50s. For you at 53, you founded something that I would have said previous to that was impossible. It's called (laughs) One King's Lane. It is a way of buying incredible design and antiques, antique furniture and everything surrounding it online. No one had ever heard of that. It was like, I remember bringing that up to people. Like, oh, I bought something on One King's Lane. And they were like, I don't know. How could you do that? Well, your eye just gets trained. So tell me what your inspiration was first for One King's Lane. And then we'll go into your very latest, which is so important in the groove. Yeah, I think um, necessity is the mother of invention. And I had moved from New York um, after living in an apartment basically my entire adult life. We bought a house in West Hollywood and I became like a lunatic trying to decorate it. (laughs) And I was, you know, I was busy. I was working. I had, you know, kids and uh, I was trying to, you know, get my house done. And online at that time, I know it sounds so insane today, but, you know, this is back in 2005 through 2008. Online shopping was, you know, your big box stores, Crate and Barrel, Pottery Barn, you know, that type of thing, which is fine. But I was looking for something different and special and unique for my home. And it just wasn't online. I have amazing stores here in Los Angeles that I could go shop at, but online, there was nothing. And at that time, there was a new model that kind of came out of nowhere in the apparel space, which was flash sales, where, you know, for a limited amount of time, uh, product was available. And I thought, well, 
that's interesting. Why couldn't you do that for home? And um, so basically after, you know, marinating this idea for a year and trying to decide if I wanted to do it and, you know, I was scared and to go, you know, try this new venture, um, I founded a co-founder, Ali Pincus, and uh, we, you know, put our nose down and we, you know, created One King's Lane and it was, you know, off to the races at that point. Oh, yeah, totally. It made a huge impact. And I, I was just saying to Susan off screen um, before that actually my friend, one of my best friends who helps me decorate my house, which seems like it's an endless task, loves One King's <laughs> Lane, follows you, wants you know, still wants to know what what's doing. But for me, two online events. The first was Net-a-Porte, the idea of buying mm -hmm. right. couture right, right. Yeah. online without yeah. ever seeing it in person, feeling it mm -hmm. or touching it. Well, mm -hmm. I was an accustomed eye from designing for my own brand, DG2 and Diane Gilman Collection. I gave it a try and never looked back. I don't think I've been in a store in 20 years. The second was One King's Lane. So that was the idea that, no, I do not have the time or the money to get on a plane, fly to London, go to the major antique show, walk around for two or three days and find something. But I can go on your site and find a treasure, have it wrapped up, pay for it, and boom, it shows up at your door. Love it. Right. So, exited after you had invented this new way, really and truthfully, of furniture shopping at a very high, tasteful level. And you started... GetInTheGroove.com. And that's where you and I really intersect because right. I took my whole philosophy of fashion, which was why not create a brand for middle-aged women? This is crazy that we are the spending power of America and have no clothing that takes into account how our bodies change, no clothing that celebrates us. You started a whole movement for welcome to the modern age of aging. How did that come about? You know, it's interesting. Um, after we sold One King's Lane, I didn't really think I was ready to hang it up, so to speak. I was I guess, <laughs> yeah. sick. I think it was 60. Yeah, I was 60 at that point. Um, and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, but I started reconnecting with friends and colleagues and and having these conversations, all these women who were fabulous, you know, whether they were the CEO of a company or stay-at-home mom, the word invisible kept coming up. Yeah. And I, I wasn't feeling that way, you know, probably because I just come off of this like amazing, uh, you know, venture of building this business and selling it and everything and working with basically, you know, 25 year old, uh, kids, which was really fantastic. Um, so I was like, what is going on? And then I thought to myself, okay, so everybody's feeling kind of not great. And who's speaking to us digitally? Like, where are people hanging out online? And, I couldn't really find anything. I mean, there was AARP, which was not appealing to me. Um, not, you know, they, nor, they, nor for me either. I mean, they do amazing things, but, you know, but my, I don't know, maybe my it's not aesthetic. 
enough. Yeah, my 94-year-old mother kind of is into it, you know, but it just wasn't speaking (laughs) to me. Um, And, you know, there were some people that were starting to blog that were in this space, but there was kind of nothing in the middle, nothing that was really, I felt, speaking to who I was as a 60-something-year-old person, what I wanted, the language I wanted to hear things in. And so I felt that let me tap into what I'm good at, which is curating and, you know, finding great things. Ah. And um, I can put together recommendations and information and put it out there to hopefully a community of people like myself and hopefully help them feel better about themselves and be better informed so that they don't feel invisible. Better informed because, Mm -hmm. pardon me, to me, information is knowledge. And, you know, um, after I had breast cancer, which was five years ago, I've dyed my hair all my life. I decided I didn't want formaldehyde or anything next to me. You can imagine. I understand. And let my hair go white, go to one of what it has to be, one of the top three hair salons in America, the John Barrett Salon. And you know that they had almost no experience with white hair. There were no products. Uh, Or they had some kind of purple shampoo that was supposed to be for white hair. Before my hair was long enough to go back to the salon, I shampoo my hair with the Oribe. I get out. I have a towel wrapped around. I don't even know. I come downstairs. I look in the mirror, and I went, oh, my holy God, my hair is purple. It was purple. Like oh, wow. like the like old ladies going to a beauty parlor in the fifties in the Midwest and getting wow. that they used to call it the blue light special because yeah, yeah, your wow. hair would come out blue purple and I would go into a store like Costco or something and someone would be checking me out and they would be a young girl and she'd say love your purple hair and I think well <laughs> that's okay but I didn't mean for it to be this way. So what I found as I got older and I'm, um, you're 65 now. I'm I'm, I'm 68 today. Hey, and I'm going to be 78, uh, August 18th. So here we are a a decade apart. And of course, Leo's have to have the hair, but I, there was no information out there. I wanted to be authentic. I wanted to start my podcast, which was going to be about foundationally helping baby boomer women from the age of 55 on. There was nothing. No special shampoo, no special conditioner, no way of taking care of it. Could I? And I didn't for the longest time do the do I have today, which is only about two, two weeks old. Because of that thing in your head, like older women can't have longer hair. And so I was afraid to like actually go for it. What is up with all of this? I mean, we've got trillions of dollars to spend to make this portion of our life easier, lovelier, special, and it's like all dressed up and nowhere to go. Uh, we got the money and we have nowhere to spend it. How crazy is it to you as a retail maven like me, we were both merchants. Mm-hmm. 
that we don't have our own dedicated space in the retail economy of the greatest country on earth. Yeah, well, I think there's a couple things going on. I mean, listen, first of all, our generation is different, right? We're really the first Very. generation like this. We're healthier, we're wealthier, we're more engaged. We're not like our mother or grandmother's generation. So there's no example to lead by. And I guess in all fairness to the retail marketing, advertising community, they don't know what's going on either. So that's part of the reason, hopefully, you know, by doing these things, we can show them who we are and that we're not somebody sitting in a bathtub in a Viagra commercial that, you know, we're, <laughs> that we're, that we're, you know, we have a lot more to offer. And, you know, I think what becomes tricky is that I don't know that it's product specific, maybe hair. Yes. Maybe skin, but you know, you fashion can shop too. Sorry. Fashion also. Yeah. Yes. And no, you know, I think it depends. And that's one of the things that I try to curate, you know, is finding things that I think will be, uh, make somebody feel good at our age to wear. It might come from a site like, you know, Madewell, or it could come from J crew, or I think it's just finding it. So, you know, you're right. Nobody's pulling it all together, but it's, you know, slowly, but surely, hopefully it will get better and there'll be more of it. Cause to your point, I agree with you. I mean, when I started this, one of the reasons I decided to do this is because when I started researching this demographic, we spend 250%, 250% more than any other demographic out there. Wow. Right. It's insane. I, yeah. I always think that if, I call a light bulb moment being intuitive about something you right. need and want way before your audience maybe even knows it's possible yeah. and providing right. it to them. So when I got into middle age, about 57 years old, I had this, I was like Humpty Dumpty. I was this egg on <laughs> toothpicks. I had these skinny little legs, this big middle. Breast cancer didn't help, but right. way pre-breast cancer, um, I was so frustrated because I had designed for rock and roll stars in my youth. I couldn't wear jeans anymore. All the jeans were for a much younger body. And right, quite right, frankly, right. they didn't care about us. So one day I just designed a jean based on my measurements. Perfect. Um, with a huge waist and whatever, and super elastic waist. And I wore it. And, you know, people started treating me like I was younger. Yeah. More intelligent, mm. more hip more with it, more worthwhile to talk to. It was crazy. I brought it to the public and we shot up in a way that was just stratospheric. I do not understand. No other fashion entities truly followed. I mean, I, th I think, you know, listen, I think part of what has to happen, it's like when we started getting the group, we're almost five years old in October. No one even Congrats. used the word menopause. 
Like, you know, it was like, it wasn't even in our language. So I guess my point is, is that this is so important. What's happening now? We're talking about it. We're sharing. It's going out to the universe. So slowly but surely, this stuff is going to start to, you know, shake loose and will change. It's not going to happen overnight, unfortunately, but we just have to keep having the conversations and doing what we can to, you know, get more product that works for us and makes us feel good and helps us be the best person we can be at this point in our lives. So what is your primary goal? To inform, to mm-hmm. inspire, to have an aspirational website? Where do you want to go with this? Because honestly, I think that whole idea of modern aging is invaluable. Yeah, I think, you know, if you go to the the very, very highest level, my big, you know, mission statement is I do want to try to change the conversation and do something about ageism because it is freaking rampant in this country, you know. Isn't it? Oh, my God. I'm just one person, so whatever I can do to help change somebody's perception and, you know, uh, change that conversation. That's really great. But on a day to day level, what I'm trying to do is to make people feel good about themselves, help inform them, you know, better so that they can feel with it and part of it and not feel so out of it. You know, one of the things also when I thought about doing this, I guess my hypothesis was, you know, when you turn 50, uh, it's a little bit of a perfect storm, right? You go through, and just using that as an arbitrary number, at 50, you go through menopause, so you've got like physical havoc that's taking place. If you happen yeah. to have children, your children often are leaving and you're becoming an empty nester and you're looking across the table at somebody that you've actually been, you know, cohabitating with for 20 years and you're like, who are you? Do I want to even be with you, you know? And if you work professionally, you're definitely on, you know, at risk of being aged out. So it's this like perfect storm of like a lot of like tough things happening. And I think you kind of go, it's, it's actually not all that different, I think, than puberty. But on the other side, you go through like almost a tunnel. And we live in a world where things are changing so quickly. So while you're sort of going through this and figuring it out and maybe not feeling your best, the world has changed. And by the time you get out and you're ready to go, you go, wait a minute, what just happened? Like, what's Instagram? When I was, uh, I was on Facebook. Now there's this thing, Instagram. So there's like, we're moving, we live in a world that's- TikTok, yeah. TikTok. We're living in a world that's changing so quickly it's tricky to stay, you know, stay up to date. And it's really important that you do because otherwise what happens, you feel invisible and irrelevant and totally out of it. So hopefully, I mean, I'm doing, I'm trying to inform as much as I can, mostly on a fashion and a beauty level, a little bit of health and wellness. Which and is so also, needed, truthfully, so yeah, needed. And, but also with the right attitude and keep a really great sense of humor because, you know, it, listen, aging is not easy. It's hard, you know, and so Millicent Fenwick, the, the original Congresswoman, right. uh, they asked her something about being the only woman in Congress. And she was at a certain age already. And she, and it was a male reporter at the right. time. I don't even think there were female reporters. And she looked at him and said, young man, 
aging is not for sissies. Yeah, that's a, I just wrote that in my Instagram <laughs> post today for my birthday, you know. Well, I'm now fantastic. It's, it's so true. You know, I mean, we, we did a post um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, just uh, sort of, I just put it out there. I'm like, you know, we try to be positive. We want to keep upbeat about all this, but like aging is tough. What do you struggle with? We had almost 700 comments on this Instagram post. It's real. People are feeling it. So it's not to say, oh, this is all, you know, easy. But I think if we gather together and we hold each other's hands and we talk about it and we know like I'm having, I have issues, you have issues, but there's a lot of goodness in between that. It's, it, it's helpful to get through it and figure out how we do it. Right. And you know, what's very interesting to me too is you live in LA. That's where I'm from. Hollywood. Talk about vanity capital of the world and New York which is also beautiful women with tons of access. But if we're not given what we need, that mm -hmm. access just goes away. And I am the biggest sucker for any new product that's out there. Like I'm testing something right now that is specifically for older women and is supposed to truthfully change the structure at a cellular level. And, you know, I'm testing it. I'm not using any other products. I'm watching it. And I honestly think I don't have medical proof, but could be working. And <laughs> as we go, you and I, me with too old to be young, you with in the groove, I feel like it, this is a great thing. We've got a passion for it. Totally. Other women may say, I don't, I don't know. Where do I, what do I do? I, you know, I don't want women to think it's cheating to use Botox or to do laser. You know, I find that all the time that women have a guilt towards helping themselves because somehow you're just supposed to age perfectly and like Hollywood never age, but let's get real. You know what? Listen, it's, I think I think you have to do what makes you feel good, and I'm not here to judge anybody for be what informed. they do. Yeah, you need to be informed, and I think that's that's right. A goal for you, and certainly for me, is to put it out there and say, "Hey, you know what? You may not be interested in this. This may seem really exaggerated to you, but A, B, and C are actually available right, to you." Right. Right. Well, it's interesting. Like you said, you're trying this product. This is another reason that's sort of crazy that there isn't more product for, uh, I think, you know, women our age, because we are looking like we're different than our mother's generation this way. We're looking to find things that make us feel good and look better. And so we're willing to try anything new. You know, it used to be back in the day, and this was part of the whole, I think, marketing advertising um, thing that caused a little bit of this. But you know, if you use Crest toothpaste as an example, by the time you got to 50, you weren't changing your toothpaste. You know what I mean? Like you're going with that. They are brand committed. And so advertisers are like, you know what? We don't need to, we don't need to advertise to 50 plus people because they're locked and loaded on whatever brands they're using. They're not open to new products, but the world has changed. It's just so different right. now. 
and they need to kind of figure that out and, you know, get with it a little bit more. You know, I think what amazes me, and I talk about this all the time, is 20,000 Americans turn 65 every day. It yeah. is a relentless tsunami of aging. And you're right. Let's just talk about toothpaste. It should be it. Sh- it should be something that bolsters your enamel. It should be this. It should be that. And we never hear about anything that is committed to us, except for hey, you're probably going to get a horrible disease, and if you take this, you'll get less of it. Oh my God, cable television is so depressing. It's all commercials that go on endlessly. And who was the jerk? that said, yeah, you can advertise these medicines, but you have to list the side effects. Ah, my brain's ready to implode (laughs) on these, right? And that, to me, is the vision of aging. I went to um, a special seminar for uh, a skincare guru, and I was the only woman there. They invited, I think, 30 women. That was it. I was the only woman there with white hair. I was at least 25 years older than anybody else there. And one woman reached over the table, grabbed me by the arm and said, I just want to ask you a question. I'm ready for how do you look so fabulous? (laughs) No, she said, why do you care anymore? Oh, my God, that's horrible. So, no, not horrible. The point being... That tells you what the attitude of most women are to aging, which is there's a hard stop somewhere and it's over. The game is over. You know, it's interesting. I have to say, though, one of the interesting things I found with Get in the Groove is on Instagram, I think we have about 25% of our followers are actually um, 35 and under. And I've had people reach out to me and actually my daughter's boss sent her a text to give to me, which is basically like, thank you so much. This is so great to see, you know, as I, as I'm getting older, how to age, you know, in a positive manner. And I thought, oh, that's actually that's good so because important. I think we're kind of responsible since there's no examples to lead by at this point, of fig- trying to figure this out the best we can and setting an example for the, you know, the, the next group behind us. You know, I, I think that is so true. And because I was born in 1945 to a mother who was 45 and mm-hmm. I was the first and only child, Um, the birth was very difficult and it catapulted her within about three years of my birth into a total emergency hysterectomy at that time. Obviously there were no remedies there. There was no one knew about estrogen. Nobody had hormone replacement. And I watched my mother go into a miserable and depressed state she never came out of. And I think because of that, from a very young age, I thought to myself, I am not doing that. So I I was hyper aware. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think we all, you know, well, first of all, like our, I mean, you, uh, 
your mother, it was early. When I started to go through menopause, I went to my mother and I said to her, so how was it? Did you have hot flashes? Did it last a long time? God. You know what she said to me? She's like, Uh -uh. I I don't know. I can't remember. You know, but like now we're having conversations with our daughters, if you have daughters, about, you know, this is menopause. This is why I'm acting, you know, I sweat. This is, it's lasted for, like we're sharing this knowledge because it, there are things that will, you know, carry through to future generations that would be nice to be well informed about. Yeah, and be open about and yeah, be, be able and have to really yeah, totally. Yeah, have have a public arena for stuff like that because right. when I when I look at cable television cuz I'm a complete news junkie, I always see all these advertisements for Viagra, uh, fake Viagra that you can get through the mail, all kinds of way to do that. And, uh, what happened? What are we chopped liver? What about us? What yeah, about well, that, that's a what, whole other podcast. And um, there's a woman who actually developed a drug. It's called Addy. It's the only um drug on the market that was called the female Viagra. And what that woman has had to go through to get it on the market and approved is it's like I said, it's a whole other podcast, but um, anyway, maybe something you might want to talk about. Actually, you would get along very well with the founder. She wears only pink. Well, okay. I'm, I'm in a Barbie state of mind. I know, I know. Right? Aren't we, aren't we all? I'm, yeah, I, all? I'm in a total Barbie state of mind, and I never wore pink before. Well, it looks great but on you. Now, oh, thank you. It's 24-7 pink, although I am not redecorating my house. I did <laughs> enter the contest for the... Um, you got to spend one night in the Malibu Barbie oh, house. Oh, that'd be it, fun. It was there. Air B2B, I did not win it. Like oh, nobody like me is ever going to win that or the lottery, but I accepted my defeat. Uh, but thank you. And, you know, I love your cause. I love your purpose. I love your grounded sense of knowledge. And as we sort of wrap this up, and I hate doing it, I'd like to go on for a, a, another hour and a half or two. I would ask you, what is your most important message Mm. to women who are struggling with aging, who are maybe going into it and terrified of aging and don't see anything. When you talk about the tunnel, the tube, where you go through puberty, I went through puberty. It was super difficult for me, but I kept thinking, ah, but on the other side. Yeah. I'm going to be a grown-up. I'm going to have my freedom. I'm going to be a woman. What is your message for yeah. coming through that tunnel and where I th- I think we should a, be going? A, it's more than one thing. But I think, first of all, you have to band, about, band together with your sisters and your friends and share these conversations so that you don't yep. feel like you're alone because you're not. That's the first thing. I think the second thing is, is that um, – you know, there's things that I think we all can do, especially as we get older, that just make it better and it, they're important. And one is like you have to stay curious and keep learning. So whatever, you know, wherever you are, whatever interests you, like just pursue some new things. You know, your brain is a muscle and you got to use it and do new yeah, things. totally. And the same with, you know, being active, move. You got to move. <laughs> you got to 
got to move and yeah. you got to laugh a lot. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's totally. And, and I say, don't put a hard stop on your life because no. of age. Don't no. stop saying to yourself, I'm too old to do that. No, oh, I'm yeah, over the totally. hill for that. Oh, no, I don't, you know, many times I'll go to do something um, socially and I will be the only white-haired woman there. And it takes a certain amount of bravery. But you know what? The the audience, you got it in you to do it. And the satisfaction level for accomplishing something and being a trailblazer like right. you are, Susan. Right. Thank you. That, that accomplishment is priceless, I think. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you. I admire you, you. So, so fun. much. Let's stay in touch. Please. I love that. And let's stay in the groove. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to stay in the groove for sure. I love that most <laughs> of all. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Too Young to Be Old podcast. The episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman, or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a review, and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young, be old.